0: Knows how long you're just stressed. Right, we're going to start off with a group question. Transformers, do they need life insurance or car insurance? Life life insurance, insurance.
1: yeah.
2: Car insurance,
0: but but no, but they're like a living thing, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, but they're cars. Do they have a hardy? What about into the dinosaurs? Yeah. <laughs> what about the big dinosaurs? Ooh.
3: Ooh. Well, they need dinosaurs. What does Megatron <laughs> need? Why, Why would the aliens also <laughs> do that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he a degenerate? Hang
0: yeah, on. but insurance like, protects the other person as well. So if Bumblebee crashes into me at the lights, <laughs> 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 you, are, then, you, then where am I going to get my cover
1: from? What are you going to do? <laughs> Tell him to pay for it? Like,
0: <laughs> him, yeah, he has to have car insurance because he's being neglectful.
4: No, he would just... Stompy your car in
0: <laughs> righty <laughs> um another question which is not as serious as the last one is we're going to be having a look at a stalin essay question our stalin essay question is assess why stalin won the power struggle between the period of 1924 and 1928 and what really kicks off this period of time is with Lenin kicking the bucket. So there's this power vacuum in the leadership of the Bolsheviks. Who's going to take the top job? There's lots of people in the running for it. You've got obviously Stalin himself, Trotsky, Sinoviev, Kamenev and Bukharin. But as we know, Stalin comes out on top. We're going to be going through an essay that we've been practising over the last week or so and we're not a hundred percent all over it so each person is going to be reading out a paragraph out loud so we can hear it and if we want to we can ask questions about it maybe some suggest that some other options or some other examples that we would include so if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to be doing this type of essay for the first time this might be a good chance to hear about our thought process and then include a little bit of your own so I'm gonna start with the introduction. And as we go around, each person in the class is gonna be reading out a part. Stalin's success in the struggle for power from 1924 to 1928 resulted from opportunistic, ruthless and cunning manipulative tactics. Stalin manipulated religion and the, ideology, and the ideological debate to perform maneuvers within the party catalyzed by the weakness of his opposition, allowing him to emerge as the undisputable leader of the USSR. Following the death of Lenin, Stalin filled the religious vacuum with the Cult of Lenin in 1924. From 1924 to 1928, Stalin manipulated the ideological debate to encourage the competition between different visions enabled the destruction of ideological poles within the party. Elected to the role of General Secretary in 1922, Stalin additionally erected political pragmatism and equipped the the bureaucracy as an instrument to meticulously control the inner workings of the party machine. Moreover, the weakness of his opposition, primarily the arrogance of Lenin, and uh, leon trotsky allowed stalin to harness his ideology oh his identity (laughs) as a gray blur and allow the self-destruction of his opponents to be completed in 1927. so there's a lot to unpack there we're going to start off with ben ben's going to be reading through our first paragraph it's one of our longer ones so thank you for that so take it away ben for our first paragraph
3: Stalin used Lenin's death in 1924 to fill the religious void by the demolition of the Orthodox Church in 1918, initiating the process of winning the struggle for power. Despite Lenin's immense desire to be forgotten, Stalin martyred his image through the extravagant funeral and cultish propaganda. This became known as the Cult of Lenin and allowed Stalin to position himself as the rightful successor and to a powerful demigod. The glorification infiltrated workplaces and schools with the establishment of Lenin Lenin corners as shrines dedicated to the excellence of the past leader the, the the decisions and ideas of Lenin became unchallengeable and by the late 1920s soviet communism was synonymous with leninism the cult of lenin established an impossibility to imagine a leader replacing lenin who did not claim to be carrying forward his his historic legacy As proposed by Orlando figures in revolutionary Russia, the cult of Lenin became a key source of the regime's political legitimacy and the legitimacy of any potential successor. By leading Lenin's funeral in the absence of Trotsky, decision uh, Trotsky's uh, absence of Trotsky
0: Stalin uh, established. Yeah,
3: Stalin established himself as Lenin's successor. And the cult of Lenin legitimized his decisions, allowing him to emerge as a trustworthy option for the leading position. Trotsky's absence was also caused by Stalin after falling ill. Trotsky resided in Caucasus and intentionally misinformed as to the date of Lenin's funeral. Stalin attacked attacked. Uh, I can't speak. Trotsky <laughs> for being presumptuous and took the opportunity to establish himself as the rightful heir to Lenin. It is therefore evident that Stalin successfully manipulated Lenin's image to create the cult of Lenin and fill the vacuum of religion, enabling his emergence as the leader of the USSR and victory in the power struggle.
0: Righto. Who would like to have a stab as, if we were thinking about this as a pill paragraph? What's the main point that's being made here? And remember, the question is how Stalin wins. What's the main point? How's Stalin winning? What tools are he is he using? What is he leveraging
2: at this stage? Um, well, he uses um Landon's funeral as a chance for him to get in high power, I guess. Yeah, how does he do that? Well, like, the, like Ben said, sorry, he intentionally misformed Trotsky to the date of Lennon's funeral to make him look bad, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, made him publicly look bad. Mm. What
0: else? What else is the point that's trying to be made? That's probably like, the example or the or the bit of evidence that you could use but what's the actual point what's Stalin? what's he created in a sense
5: (laughs) (laughs) is it the cult of lenin Yeah, yeah
0: and that's the interesting part like he creates the cult of lenin lenin's not going around saying i'm the next messiah as we've got here and saying That Lenin doesn't want to. So what does Stalin potentially have to gain by making Lenin into this demigod sort of figure? Jack, what do you think? Oh, well, I've got no idea. What
2: do
0: you think? So... Christian Orthodox Church has been banned. Millions of people worshipped it before that. You had Tsar Nicholas II. He was the he had the phone line that he could pick up and call God and find out what's going on and then distribute that out to the masses. That little block has been removed, and all these people are dying for some sort of still spiritual connection and some sort of leadership. So. Stalin coming along and then saying, Here, let's put this new block in. This new block's going to be Lennon. Like, why don't you just come out and say, Oh, that blocks me straight up? Um,
4: I don't know. Everyone liked Lennon, maybe. So they would have found it more easy to use Lennon as a way to get them to support him. Excellent
0: it's too early days. Like most people do you think at this stage, cause this is happening 1924. This is before Stalin's undisputed fear control master of the Soviet Union. Who would people be putting their bets on is going to be the follow-up to Lenin. Trotsky. Yeah. Everyone's thinking it's going to be Trotsky. It's not Stalin at this point. So mm-hmm. Stalin is not the popular figure. He can't be the block, but by making Lennon that block, like it says in the essay, it at least creates some sort of guardrails, like if you're playing bumper bowling, to how poor it's like to his chances. He knows that it's now only going to be a handful of people, and I'm one of them. It can't be anybody else now because they weren't there in the beginning. So he's, a, he's created like a box and now he has to manipulate the people inside the box and beat them. Are there any other questions about that first part?
6: Mm-hmm. Paige or
0: Jade, do you have any comments about the first one? What do you think a Lennon corner would have looked like in a school?
6: I reckon it would have had like a picture of him mm-hmm. in a little frame, couple yeah. of candles, yes,
5: candles,
0: flowers, yeah, a couple of posters it's like Mao. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like Mao. Well, like this is the first, and Mao then copies this, like the smiling picture. What do you think if you saw like a propaganda picture of Lenin? Is he going to be this like small figure standing in a crowd, or how would an artist be? kind of painting him
3: like well, he's like a god i know with mao it, is it pretty sure it's tiananmen square they've got the huge photo of him like a massive kind of portrait of him to kind of show that he was like the great leader kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah it's like larger than life mm-hmm.
0: yeah and lenin would be like they make him look like a giant like actually through painting making look like a god small made people made behind him up on buildings
1: and
0: that yeah in the of <laughs> yeah yeah it's like building the revolution the hammer and sickle all that sort of stuff right let's move on to the next one i think that one's pretty clear so he's put the block in to make the guard rails so now he's got to work with the people who are left in the block so Paige, what's our next tool all right from 1924 to
5: 1928 competing visions and ideologies, ideologies rose between the leading Bolshevik members. Stalin utilised these competing visions to destroy the left and right opposition, displaying his cunning manipulation of the ideological debate that allowed him to succeed during the power struggle. In accordance to histo- historian Alan Todd, the Bol- though, the Bolsheviks, though the Bolsheviks finally won power in 1921, The massive economic and political problems all this turmoil and warfare had created led to many sharp policy differences between the leading Bolsheviks. This ideological debate was split into left model and right model. Stalin's initial residence was with the right supporting the NEP, proposed by Lenin at the 10th Party Congress, and Stalin's socialism in one country. the The left opposition supported Trotsky's proposed Permanent revolution, and Stalin interpreted this as a power grab and a threat to Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Not yeah, Jack's not the not threatened. He might feel because he has some rage, but yeah. yeah, keep going. the Party civility
4: and keep going. Yeah, the motivation is that Trotsky is making another, yet another attempt to substitute Trotskyism for Leninism. Joseph Stalin assisting his own strategy to succeed in the power struggle. Stalin's socialism in one country promoted to, promoted a vision for the USSR that recognized the reality of its global positions. This promotion of nationalism allowed Stalin to gain national support when he introduced socialism in one, wait, 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 socialism in one country He struck a chord with the party and the country at large, enabling him to label the left opposition, Zinoviev, Kamenev and Trotsky, his oppositionists. This resulted in their expulsion from the Politburo in 1926, displaying Stalin's cunning and opportunistic manipulation of the ideological debate to gain power, the destruction of the left opposition in 1926 as a result of competing visions that resulted in ideological and economic debates exemplifies Stalin's successful equipment of the ideological debate to catalyse his success in the power struggle in 1928.
1: Okay. So, back to the
0: question. What are the tools that Stalin is using to win, or what does he know that other people don't know? What is he taking advantage of that other people aren't taking advantage of? Any thoughts?
2: What's the point that's trying to be made in that paragraph? I think one of the points is, he really likes to use manipulation, because like it says that he was on the thing was like the right side, and then he went to the left side, but then he just left both eventually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's not ideologically like stubborn and tied down, he's more fluid. Mm -hmm. Does Stalin better assess what's going, what's going on around him than Trotsky? Yes. Why do you say that?
6: Because Stalin recognized that Russia was really broke and hungry and he decided to focus his policy as socialism in one country, which would mean that they would fix up their own problems as opposed to Trotsky saying that he would want a permanent revolution where everyone outside of Russia would also be having a revolution. I think just the public really resided with Stalin's option because they wanted their own problems to be fixed before everyone else. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So he's totally assessed the situation as dire and he's able to label these other blokes on the left as you don't care about the common person like you're getting over your skis here you're going too fast you're not the ones to lead the show like we need to focus on our situation um says the nep that wasn't put into any more detail campbell what's the nep
1: <laughs> the yeah. new economic policy. That's right. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh it was just blanking. Know. <laughs> All right. what,
0: what, the, what was the what was the premise of the new economic policy? Brought in as
1: a temporary measure to do what? Oh, was that where uh, they kind of brought in capitalism for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To try and just fix everything and it kind of worked. Yes. I yeah. this so, yeah.
0: Take a take a bit of uh, a break from war communism. Who wants to fill in the blank there? War communism, what were the what were the Reds doing? What were the Bolsheviks doing?
1: Taking on the civilians.
0: Taking all their food? Yeah, they were. Oh,
6: right. They were
0: taking all the civilians' food and they were giving it to who?
6: The The yeah. army. Yeah. Was
3: uh, that when the farmers had to dedicate like a vast amount to the army? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the NEPs like
0: Lenin realising and him assessing the situation that war communism allowed us to be victorious, but now everybody in the country is going to like (laughs) launch coup on us and we're going to get thrown in. It's going to be revolution 2.0 if we don't stabilise the situation. And the only way we do that is we're going to have to go back on our word of this revolution at all costs, skipping capitalism. We're going to have to have a temporary divergence. And then when Leonard dies, half the side, the left, the people who are stuck on the vision are like, no, he said it was temporary. We got to get back on the mission. And Stalin still seeing what the average person is going through is like, they're totally misreading the situation. People are not ready for this. So therefore I'm going to use that against them just the way any good politician would be doing it. Um, any other points we want to make about that? Is there anything else we would add differently?
6: I guess it didn't really mention anything about Bukhar in, in there. It was only mm, Zinoviev Kamenev and Trotsky when there was a whole other part of that, like, debate that happened afterwards with Bukharin.
1: Yeah, you're right, because
0: even though Stalin's... We've just said all this stuff about Stalin being like, you know, he's assessing the people and he's on... And assessing what the people are actually feeling and he's pro-the NEP and he's pro-stability. As soon as the Left are gone and his power base is between, okay, all these people want the NEP, and then he then creates a new section, which is like, no, actually, I don't want that. Mm. And I'm way more powerful than you because all the senior people were in the last one. We're in the last group. So he he is just using this issue, like it says in the point, he's manipulating this issue. Does he really care?
6: No, probably not.
0: It, it's hard for us to tell. It, it's, it would be fair enough to say that he probably doesn't care at all, but you... Maybe. Maybe he does. Campbell, can I get you to read the next half a paragraph?
1: Yep. Stalin's clever political manoeuvres while reading as general secretary allowed him to leave the power struggle as the victor. Previously described as a grey blur which flickered obscurely and left no trace, Stalin held no position of extreme external authority. Trotsky identified Stalin as the outstanding mediocrity of the party and an intellectual... No, no, no. How do you say that? he's basically saying he's dumb (laughs) according to isaac dutcher this interpretation caused a lasting image and resulted in the underestimation of stalin by other party members appearing as merely lenin's assistant however robert tucker challenged this indicating that instead of remaining underestimated stalin appears to have wielded even more practical power than trotsky in the 1920s emerging as number three in the party behind lenin and trotsky Hindsight proves that it is the former that truly allowed Stalin to succeed. Through both, historians reflect on the significance of the bureaucracy in Stalin's rise to the prominence in the Bolshevik party. Underestimated and possessing the ability to to control the inner workings of the party, newly recruited recruited members owed Joseph Stalin great patronage, assisting him in the political endeavors and better fitting him in the struggle for power between
2: 1924 and 1928. Okay. Okay, so I'll go on from yeah, there. Yeah, keep yeah, keep going, thank you. This is exemplified when less than one percent of the membership voted in favor of the left opposition, an indication of Stalin's stronghold over the party membership and allowing the elimination of opposition within the party in the 14th party congress, signifying the public's initiation of Stalin's ascension to power. The immense patronage owed to Stalin additionally assisted him in surviving Lenin's will and testament in 1924, an occurrence that would have otherwise ended Stalin's political career. Stalin could now wipe the cold sweat from his row. He was back in the saddle, firmly and for good. The underestimation of his power by the other members allowed Stalin to manipulate Zinoviev to be of assistance. Together, the two had testimony agreed to the plenum only, whom would not willing to take action on the line of the will that ordered Stalin's immediate expulsion, as the Secretariat had the power to order members to change their occupation and place of residence at the shortest notice. Um, This excuse of political pragmatism and the patronage marks the immense power held by Stalin and exemplified Stalin's iron grip on the Bolshevik party. It is thus obvious that Stalin's positions in bureaucracy and political pragmatism allowed him to perform party manoeuvres that worked to his advantage allowing him to succeed in the struggle for power between 1924 and 1928
0: okay Stalin is the secretary he's in a powerful position because he is the one who creates the jobs he puts people in the positions, um, and then these people owe him. Okay. It's just like, you owe me a favor now. That's what the patronage thing is, is speaking about. And if you think back to that, uh, movie, we had a look at with Robert Javal and we saw that every time Stalin brought somebody new in, it's like, you got to go down here, the Leningrad, and you got to take over this job. As soon as that person left, he was going into another room and then he was talking to another person saying, and you got to follow that person that I just sent down there because you're taking the job next that nobody gets comfortable in the Politburo. Nobody gets comfortable in the whole situation. It's always like, it's like, oh, I'm here. This is good. This is better than being poor and out on the streets and being Stalin's enemy. But like, I'm constantly having to do what he says to stay in his good books. Because if I step out once, this bloke never forgets. So it's a, it's a scary time. What's the example that's given in that big paragraph as
1: to prove
0: that so many people owed him?
1: about halfway through the paragraph.
2: I was going to say, is it the first bit I read how it said, um, this is exemplified when less than 1% of the membership vote in favour of the left opposition. Yeah.
0: So they're talk- so that is the example of how many people voted to keep Stalin in the party. What was threatening to get rid of him? At that stage. Something that Lenin wrote. When he was dying.
2: <laughs> um, something about Stalin being too rude. I was going to say, yeah, it didn't lend <laughs> yeah, like in monetarised power.
0: Yeah. Mm. So, Lenin's last will and testament, which Stalin didn't know about, was supposed to go to be read out to everybody in the entire party, was basically... Put under the rug it got read out to a small tiny little group and that group had enough people in it who owed stalin that even though leonard the demigod the the guy was like stalin's too rude we need somebody else in this secretary position like stalin's abusing the power people like uh, no just no nah, we're not going to vote it's like less than one percent vote to do what Lennon asked for. So that's the example of how much kudos and how many brownie points Stalin had, uh, like, kind of scored by that time. Rightio, let's move on to our last paragraph, which is Stalin, the grey blur. Jay, can I get you to go through that, please?
6: Moreover, the weakness of Stalin's opposition allowed him to harness his position as the grey blur and allow the self-destruction of his opponents reaching completion in 1927. Oleg Newick claims that the power struggle was ultimately more about personal competition than abstract intellectual battles, less about ideology and more about jealousy, ambition, instincts and fear. Stalin's opponents also sought power, however failed to capitalize on Stalin's own weaknesses due to his underestimation and representation as the grey blur. Instead, his opponents focused primarily on destroying each other. He, Stalin, could stand back and watch his rivals dig their own graves, occasionally offering his spade to one or other of them. Stalin's primary opponent, Trotsky, possessed abnormal arrogance to the extent in which those within the party feared the rise of a military dictatorship. This fear is referenced by... Dutcher? Yep, keep going. The mask of Bonaparte seemed to fit Trotsky only too well, associating Trotsky's militaristic behaviours with the French Revolution. Party leaders were educated and knew that the idealism of the French Revolution had resulted in a military dictatorship. This personality did not fit Stalin, therefore he was not seen as a threat, and in this lay part of his strength. Thus, Trotsky's arrogance proved to be his weakness, and Stalin's disalignment with this image allowed him to win the struggle for power. The arrogance of Trotsky and his rather unsavoury past inspired fear within other party members, in particular Kamenev and Zinoviev. The two failed to defeat Stalin with their political moves in 1923, due to the greater threat posed by Trotsky. By the time Zinoviev and Kamenev were ready to retrain their sights on Stalin in 1925, they had already lost a key opportunity, allowing Stalin to develop a powerful support base and hold off a unified attack from the left, thus enabling him to succeed in the struggle for power from 1924 to 1928. It is evident that the weaknesses of Stalin's opposition and the failure of his opponents to capitalise on Stalin's own weaknesses enabled him to emerge as the victor for the power struggle in
0: 1928. What is Stalin's weakness? It doesn't say that. Like, no, he doesn't bring it up or she doesn't bring it up the writer doesn't bring it up in that last paragraph. What could, let's say you guys are the opposition, you're the left wing and in hindsight, what would you have attacked about Stalin?
2: If they were going to do it again. Was it his past? What about his past? Wasn't he like an witty boy?
0: (laughs) Well, like he was not like the rest of them. He wasn't an intellectual...
3: Wasn't he, um, wasn't his parents, like, from a different country or something? He grew up in a different... Was it Georgia? Yeah, yeah. So he was a
0: Georgian. He wasn't actually, like, he wasn't properly Russian as well. So he was a foreigner.
5: Paranoid about everything. That's why I had so many people do, like, the same job and watch the person do that and then watch the person watch the other person. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you really targeted his paranoia... That would have done something if you attacked his ethnicity that might have done something if you pointed out well i guess trotsky tried to do that like like say that he was dumb like mm-hmm. you know he's not an intellectual it's a trotsky's unsavory pass what is it that we know about trotsky like he's obviously a big intellectual isn't he rich yeah he's a rich boy <laughs> and that doesn't really fit in with the whole sort of Socialist model that they're pushing through which is let's get rid of the bourgeoisie trotsky's a bourgeoisie pretending to be like a worker Mm. So that's one of his weaknesses. Is there any other weakness that Stalin might have? Or did Stalin just play the game too well?
3: Was Stalin the one that got rid of and like kept Lenin's wheel under the rug? I'm guessing so
0: Well, Stalin didn't know about the will until like it was part of the party's agenda that it was going to be read out. But then he was able to call in his brownie points so that it didn't matter. And Trotsky didn't like what we saw in the film and when we were having a look, Trotsky didn't press the issue hard enough. That probably could have been it. He probably had enough power then. And if Zanoviev and Kamenev were united with trotsky and they pushed that last will and testament at the right point stalin would have been gone like all the other brownie points wouldn't have been enough but because Stalin had already gotten in and split the three and zinoviev and kamenev were worried about trotsky becoming the next like napoleon and just like oh we got to get rid of him because like we're not military dictators we're like, we're the people who, who should be running it. And, you know, you can have a job too, Stalin. Like, patting him on the head, you can have a job. <laughs> it's like, work with us. Like, we'll look after you. Just help us get rid of him. It's just like that greed, that arrogance. And, yeah, Stalin probably played it just too well. Just in the background. Are there any other points that we would make in this essay about how he won or have we covered the points or do you think this essay covered the points really well?
3: I just think he was I think he was pretty clever in how we took him down one by one. Like he went Trotsky, here was like the main threat, and then while everything was kind of simmering down he went after Zinoviev and that and teamed up with Vikarin and then after he got rid of them too, he just switched sides and just got rid of him as well. So I think he was pretty clever in doing all that
0: yeah and like over the course of four years as well just to like have the patience to just be in the background and just do that for so long like that's a whole presidential term like most people can't think out four years in advance it's just like (laughs) i gotta be in charge now and that's what undermines them so in summary putting in the block for Lenin to put up the guardrails as to who could be the person, and Stalin's one of them. That was point number one. Point number two was...
5: Left someone can right.
0: beat me. Left
5: yep. and right model.
0: Yep, NEP manipulate.
5: And anti-NEP.
0: Excellent. Manipulating the issue. And then our next one was his position as the General Secretary getting people to owe him so much so that he was able to survive the attack that probably should have gotten rid of him and the last one was him playing the long game and making it really obvious that the people around him were just like unlikable and allowed them to attack each other and that quote's actually really good that most of them were digging their own grave and he was happy to lend them a spade every now and then when they needed to finish off the job <laughs> Radio, we're going to wrap up there i'll get everyone to say goodbye and we'll see you next time with uh we're going to be doing another essay on the cold war so that'll probably be in about a week or so as we get closer and closer to the trials so well, bye from me bye yeah, see you goodbye, bye. <laughs>